Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don presented by Give Us a Shot Network. I am the Don Donato Bucci. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT and the Don, all sports podcast. We can be found on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Also, remember to please subscribe to Give Us a Shot Network on YouTube. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction. And to our guy, Mike Regina, with the JT and the Don pump up music. A lot of stuff going on in the NFL. So let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? Bro, I was fine until you gave that slow-ass intro. Why are you reading like that? Are you okay? Like, you, you need new glasses or some shit? I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, know. Anything, I don't bro. know. Bro, that, that should have been like 20 seconds, bro. That was a whole album. What the... Listen, hey, I, I know, just like you're doing now, that you're going to talk a lot pretty much about nothing. Nah, nah, nah. You I've got to get some air you, time. I have to get some air time in here. I don't know what's going on with you. That was that was slow as shit, but yeah, let's get into it because he took up all the time. So, as we know, it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for the Super Bowl. KC defeated my second favorite team, the Ravens, 17 to 10. And what was who's your wait? Who's your first favorite team? Because I'm Miami not Dolphins. sure. Miami <laughs> okay. Dolphins. All right, if you say yeah, so. Right. Everybody knows that. But so. Chiefs defeated the Ravens 17 to 10. It was supposed to be a matchup of two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Of course, Mahomes and Lamar, uh, but didn't end up that way. Chiefs got the best of them coming out on top. Now, we got a couple of things to break down here, but the first thing I want to ask you is the thing that's on everybody's mind. It's what everyone's been talking about. Two things. One, did Lamar Jackson choke in this game? And the other question is, what went wrong for the Ravens? So, uh, choke, no. I I think he may not have played his best game. But to say choke, that's kind of a strong word word. Um, I don't think I don't think he I don't think he choked. Um, in explaining why he didn't choke, it will also answer that second part of the question um, that you had. So first, let's get this out of the way. I, I think everyone can agree that that was a bad interception. Um, you know, he he tried to force it. But yes, triple coverage think- is Known as a bad interception. Right. But I think he threw that based on what occurred throughout the game, meaning you got to credit Kansas City's defense. I think it would be a disservice if you didn't give them credit because they were without some key pieces. Um, And they really made an offense like that, or I should say a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, um, not quite look like the MVP. Then you got to look at Todd Monken's play calling. Eight runs, JT. Eight, eight called runs. That doesn't include Lamar Jackson's scrambles and everything. Eight designed runs for the whole offense, not just Lamar running. I'm saying for the running backs. Meanwhile, you've got Isaiah Pacheco with 24 carries. Do you know how many yards he got? 
out of those 24? How many? Only 68. He was only averaging 2.8. It seemed like he was running much better than that. It, all, it always seems like he's running hard, but usually never going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, only an average of 2.8. They were only down seven points all game for the most part, Baltimore. So one possession game. And I kept hearing whether it was after the game or during the game. Well, you know, the score it dictated you know, the offensive play calling. What do you mean? It was a one-score game. They were, they yeah, down. they were acting like the Ravens were down yeah. like, the, like the 49ers at halftime. Right. They just had to air it out. No, like, no right. this game so, was close. Exactly. Until that interception and triple coverage, the game was still close. Right. And it, it, so I don't understand why they got away from what has been getting them there all season. And then the last part is the lack of offensive weapons slash explosive weapons. Running backs – they didn't exist in that game. And then when you look at it, only Zay Flowers was a true weapon and is really their only explosive guy. They need roster reconstruction of the offense. So, yes, Lamar didn't play his best game. But to say he choked, I, I disagree with that because when you look at the numbers, he outplayed Mahomes. Mahomes, 241 yards and a touchdown. Lamar in the air, 272 and a touchdown. Did have the interception, but then 54 rushing yards for Lamar. So overall had more yards than Mahomes, but I think the Chiefs had a better um, game plan going in. And listen, Mahomes, you, you've heard me say last week, he's the GOAT. He executed that game plan perfectly, but I put a lot on Todd Monken in the roster construction of the Ravens on offense. So are we finally admitting that the Ravens don't have enough weapons on offense? Because I feel like I've been saying this for the past couple of years, and every time I say it, it's like, no, you can't disrespect those guys. You don't know what you're talking about. But now that he lost his game against Mahomes, it's like, oh, he don't have the weapons. So I've been so before, before telling you, you this. Yes, before you go, though, let me just make this point, and I know you'll disagree, but let me make this point. Yes, you are correct. But in this instance, why I will say it is because I feel like Lamar – played at a pretty good level the other games when they've lost in the playoffs he hasn't had that good of a game I would say here it was it was a good game I mean it was good enough if, for them to win exactly and and he played good enough and really that interception like I said everything before it including the Zay Flowers fumble dictated that throw if the Zay Flowers fumble doesn't happen, I'm not so sure the interception happens, to be honest. Exactly. That's I, my I think point. that, 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 that is fumble, my point. The fumble and the taunting, I think, were, were major, especially in a game that was that close late. So I, I agree with you. I, I, I think you played well. I'm going to start backwards, so I'm going to go with what went wrong. And I agree with you. It was the coaching and the game plan. And I've you know I've always criticized Harbaugh as being kind of overrated and Lamar carrying him. And I got to put a lot of blame on the guy who I was saying, like, hey, he should be a candidate for some of these jobs. Tom Mocking, what are you doing? You said it. They only had eight design runs, not counting the ones that went to Lamar. And only I had six, six running back touches in this game. Like, that is the lowest of the season for, for the Ravens by a long shot. Like, I think they only had, what, uh, six games with under 20 running back touches. And the lowest for the season was a game they had 15, which was probably like over before it started. But they had six touches to a running back in this game. This, like, you are a running team. How does the running back only touch the ball six times in the game? That is close until the end. 
You're making it seem like they got blown out 34 to 7. This is what you do, Baltimore. I cannot, I cannot get with that. And then mocking, what are you doing? The Ravens dropped back on 82% of their plays. You have Lamar Jackson. Why would you do that? 82% drop back rate is the most like in a Lamar Jackson game in the NFL. Like this is uncalled for. So I do, I do agree. I think the coaching, their game plan, their ability to not adjust when it wasn't working, I think that is what went wrong. And then I'll throw in Zay Flowers to a little extent. And then Lamar just didn't do enough. Because we always give me in specific, I always give criticism to the guys who I think are MVP caliber guys that are supposed to be able to play above this. And Lamar did it. He didn't he didn't have his worst game, but it wasn't good enough to get to the Super Bowl. You have a chance to play in a Super Bowl on the line. You got to get it done. So I give him blame, too. Now, the choke question, I do think that's a little strong, but I'm going to say yes, but not in the way that you think. I already said he didn't perform. And I think the choke that he had is him getting in his own head. And I think it started before this game. Like you started hearing in the media him saying like how much pressure he was putting on himself mm -hmm. to win, win a Super Bowl. And that's all he could think about. I think sometimes when you become a little too preoccupied with those things, I think it makes you act out of character. And I don't know if you saw this video, but OBJ said it best. because I was thinking the same thing when I was watching his game. Now, even though they're saying that he said it in the first quarter of the game, but this is really how I felt. Odell Beckham said this to Lamar Jackson on the bench. It's on video. He said, you change the whole dynamic of the game when you take off and run. What the fuck is going on? So that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this game. I was like, this game is close. What Todd Monken and Harbaugh calling is not working. When are you going to turn into the Lamar Jackson that I know could take over this game with his legs? He should have been doing that. I was waiting for Louisville Lamar to show up and just go crazy. Start running. Once you start running, people can't stop you. Then that opens up the pass. And he just didn't do it. And I think the part where he choked is he was trying to live up to critics' expectation that he needs to win games as a pocket passer. And I think that plays into what went on in this game. And I do think that was on his mind. Like, if I win it my way that I'm used to playing, I won't get the credit. But if I win it from the pocket against Patrick Mahomes, maybe they'll give me more credit and respect. And we know the answer to that. The people that don't like Lamar won't like him no matter how many Super Bowls he wins, how many touchdowns he throws. And I think him getting in his own head is why I say he choked in that aspect. All right. Ain't no rebuttal. I, I mean, listen, you know, we, we could go go back and forth on – on um on certain things but you know just just watch the cursing there even if you're quoting someone i mean odell beckham said it uh exactly i said <laughs> even if you're quoting someone so let's take this shit to the other side of the of the ball uh are we underrating patrick mahomes all-time ranking i've been telling you he's the goat he's goat status he's Listen, number one already yes if he stays healthy oh, better all, better than brady already uh well, you're you're saying oh he can't be. Well, be but you're saying test. you're saying underrating his all-time ranking right now. And yeah, because I'd put him pretty much number two. But what I'm saying is he's gonna be the GOAT. If he stays healthy, yes, he will be better than Brady. He's tough, he's competitive, high football IQ like Tom Brady, already two Super Bowls. And you know what he does just the way Tom Brady used to do, he elevates guys beyond their skill level. And 
I think what separates these two guys at the end of the day will be Mahomes is Mahomes magic, the excitement. That's going to be the difference in this. Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I don't think we're underrating it because we were saying that he was top 10 last year. Like he's he already, is. How is he not? That's what I'm saying. So how are we underrating his ranking? The man is already in the he, top 10, and he's not right, even he, 10 years in the he, league. He should be top five already. Bro, think about it. You're putting him ahead of guys like Montana, Marino, Manny. Like guys that have I, done serious right. damage in this league. JT, like these are all-time goats. I understand that. Let me ask that's you. Like, you know, that's, but, like, you, like, you, under, you understand like LeBron I James. Understand. LeBron James. Don't even get this type of cachet when it comes to like okay goat conversations. Like LeBron James has accomplished way more than Patrick Mahomes. Okay, and nobody so, nobody is saying okay. like oh it's for sure. Right. At worst, he's number two. Like you're putting Mahomes already ahead of all these guys. So no, we're not underrating him in the rankings. Like you already saying he's number one. All right. So first, two things: who in their right mind is not? Putting LeBron in the conversation of top two or three all time basketball. Go, go on okay. any social media. Platform. There we go. Social media. Go J- social, social media. media is JT. The world. These okay. are real people. And what I'm media. saying is, and what I'm saying is, JT, those people are wrong. They just don't okay. like LeBron. Okay. Yes, they, they may be they wrong, but my, okay. my point so is, my point is to what my point is to my point is to what you said is. Let me get them a homes. Nobody, now. nobody is giving LeBron that easy of a pass to get close to Jordan because, like you're doing Mahomes be, to Brady because they love Jordan. They see Jordan as a god. Okay, which is which is laughable. Oh, so Brady's not a god now. Which is laughable. It's to Tom me. Brady, but he's not. MJ fans are worse than Tom Brady fans. So let me let me finish up on the Mahomes thing. You know what my question always is to you? or Stop to anyone, asking this damn question, bro. No, 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 no. To anyone is, if you're starting a team from scratch, blank canvas, you don't know any of the other pieces yet, but the first pick you have to do is, quarter, is quarterback. And Josh you Allen. can – all right, stop it. Are, no, are we I'm being serious. serious? Josh Allen. JT, I will stop this show if you keep doing that. My question is, my question is, if you've got like Marino, Montana, Elway, Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, all those guys, who would be your number? Brady, who's your number one? Josh Allen, and I'll tell you why. I'm not, I'm not joking. It's Josh because you said I don't know any of the piece. I don't know any of the stuff, right? I don't know the pieces around him. I don't know the coaching. So here's the thing: I've seen Josh Allen put up MVP numbers through bad coaching. Mahomes got Andy Reid. Bro, I saw what Mahomes like when he had Cliff Kingsbury. They couldn't win six games. So I'm just saying, like, I, if I don't know anything about the situation, I probably would lean Josh Allen. I'm just being real because I know he could do it all when everything's bad. Like Mahomes, I, I love him. And he he is top five to me, I think. But he got a great coach, got one of the best tight ends of all time, had maybe one of the best receivers of the past 20 years playing for him in Tyreek Hill. And the man never played a role playoff game until now. Like all those things, I don't know are going to be in his future if we go into this random draft. I know Josh Allen. At least I'm gonna get the stats, no matter who's out there. That's just me. All right, so let's stay in the NFL, but play the check. Oh, so you just game. like I yeah, that, that is right, cool. that is not worth yo, a response. Yo, yo you that is you you, you want to go so listen, much, bro. If you want to no, because you go Josh Allen. If you want to go Josh Allen, you put John Elway first in his prime. Come on, that's ridiculous. What you just said, it's not Josh worth Allen's any. Guy, it's right? not worth another breath of of my time to respond to that. All right, so let's stay in the NFL, but play the check down game. We will ask a question. 
and provide multiple answers to the question. Then we will select the answer we think we think best responds to the question, similar to a multiple choice question. When you Yo, were why couldn't back you do the intro at this pace, bro? <laughs> this is what I was. This is what I was expecting from you. But go ahead, because because you aggravate me. I want I want you to know how I can piss you off. Aggravated to get you on your shit to be aggravated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, right. ask the question. So the first question: more to blame, Lamar or Zay Flowers for the Ravens' loss? I'm gonna stay consistent. It's Lamar. He's the franchise quarterback. He's the MVP. He's probably going to be the MVP for a second time. It's mainly on him to carry this team. Yeah, it it is Lamar, unfortunately. And unfortunately, the QB, as we always says, sometimes gets too much credit and too much blame. And that's the way it should be here. Um, and, and to be honest, like that, you talked about the penalty for Zay Flowers. There's no guarantee they score a touchdown there anyway. Like even before the fumble, right? Had he not gotten the fifteen yards? Yeah, so. I, I said I, I agree with that. I said it in terms of it was just so unnecessary. Like you got to right. be smarter. Like right. you know you the situation be, you're in. But he is a rookie. He is a rookie, and I think that's why Lamar unfortunately has to take more blame because we're comparing him to a rookie that made a rookie mistake in terms of Zay Flowers. All right, more to blame: Dan Campbell or the mistakes by the Detroit players. Yo, I know I love the guy, and I know everybody's sticking up for him, including his players. But Dan Campbell blew this one, bro. You got the 49ers down on the road this big at halftime. Like, I don't know where you watched this game, but I was out watching this game. Like, everybody in this bar thought this was over. Like, all the 49ers fans, I saw them in their little corner, they were so quiet. And as that game kept going on, they just got louder and louder, and they eventually kicked the Lions fans out at the end. Like, that's how bad you knew this game was at halftime. And it's on Dan Campbell. Like, you are coaching to go to the Super Bowl. All that bite the kneecaps, we're going to be us and be aggressive. <laughs> that shit is out the door. Like, you only get this opportunity so many times, especially when Jared Goff is your quarterback. You have coached Jared Goff to a blowout on the road in the NFC Championship game. Bro, you got you got to do everything you can to make sure that this continues. And Dan Campbell did not. It is on him. Yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately for Dan Campbell and the Lions, it's on him. So the first one he went for it on fourth and two from the San Fran 28 with 7.03 left in the third quarter, and they were up 24-10. Now, halfway through the third, San Fran drove on their opening drive, got only three points. You come back, kick the field goal, get three. You don't need to be macho man here. You don't need to be stepping on. I mean, yes, you do want to put them away, but just continue that 17 point. But you want to, you, you, you want to kill somebody game. intelligently. That's a, three, that's a th- exactly. That's a three possession game by you going forward and not getting it. Guess what? Two possession. And you saw how fast that momentum turns. And, it, and, it, and, and, to, and to your point, like, I like how everyone's always like talking about like, Oh, the analytics say do this and that. I know damn well the analytics did not tell Dan Campbell to go for it in that situation. Well, well I have the analytics. And what I was going to say is, you know, I'm an analytical type of guy when it comes you to this situation. Spell analytical. <laughs> <laughs> so it said, if you go for it, 90.5% chance to win the game as opposed to attempting a field goal, 90.3%. Then the second one he went for, remember, fourth and three at the San Fran 30 with 738 remaining in the fourth, they were down, what, three points at that point. The 
a slight chance of winning 39.1% going for it compared to 38.8% by kicking so, the so, field. So, so the odds say just stay in your lane and play it safe. Like I, I knew the analyst was going to agree with him doing what he did not do. Yep, oh, unfortunately. Gosh. All right, so more impressive, the 49ers comeback or the Chiefs defense? Oh, 40, uh, 49ers comeback. I'm sorry, like I said, man. This game, be honest, this game looked over. Like, when you saw that game at halftime, you were like, damn, this is exactly what they do. Shanahan choking in that's, this big game. Nah, Brock Purdy looking, ain't looking like the superstar people think he is. And and if you were out, you could see it on people's faces. Like, everybody thought this game was over. And I think what the 49ers did to come back in that situation with that pressure on the line, I thought that was more impressive. I'm not saying by much because pinning down an MVP like Lamar – on the road is very impressive too, but I mean, I got to go with the 49ers coming back just because I thought the degree of difficulty was higher. <laughs> this isn't even close. It's the Chiefs defense way more impressive. JT, I, I'm sorry to say this to the Detroit Lion fans, but it's the Detroit Lions. We knew it was too good to be true. We really did. We knew something was coming, and it's better that it and happened. You and you would have said the same thing about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan if the 49ers didn't come back. You would have, that's, not, that's what I'm saying. You would have said the same thing. Oh, but this is what fu- Shanahan does. He chokes yeah, in big games. Oh, fun. Brock Purdy, this is why you're the last pick in the damn draft. <laughs> this is why you ain't better than Jordan Love. We would have said – that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the degrees of difficulty are are not the same, but what? the the end – task that they completed was similar like See, i just I, think the 49ers having to come back like that that is big no, time, I, man. I disagree because 49ers at home playing a team that is not as good as baltimore come on baltimore beat detroit by 30 so at home san francisco kc on the on lions the were beat but the lions were beating the mess out of the 49ers like baltimore did when they played them earlier in the year okay okay irrelevant because they came back what i'm saying is that Baltimore was at home, San Francisco at home, Kansas City's on the road, playing the MVP. Is Jared Goff the MVP? Has he ever been the MVP of the league? No. So, and you had Mark Andrews back, and the Chiefs defense was injured. Did Willie Gay play? No. He may Oh, be no, not of, Willie Gay. Hey, he's one of their top defenders. I, I'm sorry to say. He really is. So, all those factors. On the road, Lamar's MVP, Mark Andrews back, and you're without some of your key defensive pieces, and you still look that good. I mean, they looked dominant. That KC defense. Come on, let's be let's be for real. Let's be let's be honest. All right, more likely, the Lions have peaked, or the Lions are on the verge of a championship. Ooh. <laughs> um, I gotta go with the Lions have peaked, and I think this is the case because. This team ceiling is tied to Jared Goff. And I think what we've seen from Jared Goff the past year and a half, I think is the ceiling for this team. Like, think of, like we talked about this before. Like, this is the best football he's played in his career. And I think we've seen the ceiling. Like, this is it. I, I, don't, I don't see them getting back. Like, they might make the playoffs and be around, but going to the NFC championship game and being dominant looking like this, I just don't see it long-term for them as long as Jared Goff's the quarterback. So I'm going to go with, I think they peak. Yeah, unfortunately I agree. And I'll, I'll mention some teams like 
ask Buffalo, right? Like, you always think you're on the verge of a championship. Nah, you still can't get back to the AFC. Look title. at the Bengals. Like, everybody hold swore they were going to be a don't, dynasty. Don't, don't, don't steal my thunder, bro. You went already. Just weak you, went. you went. You went already. Philadelphia, right? They were in the Super Bowl last year, and everyone thought, oh, they're going to be back. They're the team to beat. They they drafted uh, who they end up drafting Jalen Day uh, Davis from For, Georgia. That'd be the Philadelphia. Yeah, Car- uh, Jalen. Oh, uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Like they drafted. Just, just say, just say, random Georgia player. <laughs> yeah. So everyone thought like, oh, Philly reloaded. Here we go. No. And look at Atlanta when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead to to New England. Everyone thought it's all right. They'll be back. Their defense will get better. Like. No, they just like, fired Arthur the, Smith. That's how far they fell. Exactly. Like it is not easy. And you mentioned Jared Goff, which is a really good point. But I look at the defense, JT. The defense isn't quite the best in the league. And they might be losing a really good defensive coordinator in Aaron Glenn because he may take a head coaching job. So I, I'm if I had to lean which way, I would say more likely peaked. I agree. With yeah, you. and I, I I don't know if Jared Goff can elevate this team to a higher level than we've seen him play, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. True, it's always about the quarterback play. All right, bigger NFL future: Rasheed Rice or Zay Flowers? Oh, it's got to be Rasheed Rice. He's playing with the number one quarterback of all time. <laughs> like honestly, I, I do think it's Rasheed Rice strictly because he's playing with Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, I, a lot of it's tied to that, man. When you've got Mahomes, Andy Reid, listen, and Rasheed Rice, that's my guy. I gotta go yeah. with Rasheed Rice. I will of say course. this though: can we, can we, can we apologize to Zay Flowers yes, and give him his, give him his quote unquote flowers? Because we, we, we talked do. a lot of shit about Zay Flowers <laughs> privately in the offseason from a fantasy perspective. Like that was a, it was a running joke for us. So we were in a dynasty league together. And that was the running joke whenever we'd make deals or have negotiations like, oh, I don't want to be in the spot where I have to draft Zay Flowers. <laughs> and now we wish we were because he ended up being really good. So us picking Rasheed Rice is no disrespect to Zay Flowers. He's like he's going to be a star in the league. He, but I, it's it's Mahomes, I, man. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Zay Flowers showed me something on Sunday. I, I know he had the fumble and the bad penalty, but he showed me that that can be the guy that they go to when they in need the a clutch, play. like the moment's not too big right. for him, and he's only a rookie. Right. And he's explosive. I, I mean, come on. All right. So a bigger NFL future. Jameer Gibbs or Sam Laporta, both of the Detroit Lions. This is tough, man. Yeah, it's a good they, one. It's a good they one. They look like studs. I'm yeah. gonna go with Laporta just because I think he's probably likely to have a longer career doing what he's doing. I mean, Gibbs is a running back, he'll probably he's definitely gonna have a shorter career shelf life. But I just look at what Laporta did. Like, he basically became, like, a top three tight end, like, his first year in the league. So he's only going to get better. It's not like they're going to, you know, lower his touches, you know, or hit the percentage of the plays that go to him as he gets more experience in the league. So he's only going to get better. Like, Gibbs, he's great, but he's always going to be in the committee. Like, nobody's going to be like, all right, this is a 300-plus touchback that we're going to just build the offense around him. So just because of that, I'm saying Laporta. Yeah, I hate agreeing with you. It doesn't make it as fun. But I say Laporta, um, part of it's the timeshare. I got timeshare written down for Gibbs. It's hard to produce at a high level all the time when you're in a timeshare. Laporta is really the only tight end in Detroit. But with a running back, JT, not only that you bring up a good point with the short 
lifespan of, of NFL career for a running back, but usually your production is tied to an offensive coordinator that knows how to use you properly, which Ben Johnson, yes, returning, but eventually won't be there probably beyond next season. And then two, it's tied to how good your O-line is. And we've seen in the NFL, your O-line might be really good one year, and then all of a sudden the next year it's not as good, whether you lose the O-line coach, whether someone gets injured, where Laporta, yes, Jared Goff is not the youngest guy, but he's not old either. You got to throw it to somebody. (laughs) Right, and he's young enough to where he's going to be there for many years. So, yes, maybe they lose Ben Johnson, but Jared Goff is a veteran now that says, hey, I don't care what the play call is. I know who my guy is when I need a certain situation and I'm going to go to Laporta. So and yeah, to add, on to, your, to add on to your point, yeah, you're right. Let's say Gibbs goes to a bad team with a bad line. Like he's not doing well. Whereas like if Laporta went to a bad team, like he could, that team could lose it. He could still get a million targets and right. he still have the stats. It, right. it's, it's just hard to say like a running back's going to have a better career, especially but, when they're not a bell cow. Yeah, and it doesn't take anything away from Gibbs. You and I are very impressed by him. Very impressed. It's, it's it's just unfortunate the position the way it is right now in the NFL. It's just and that's what he plays. All right. So more scary. I knew you threw this one in for me. I appreciate you. Funny Mahomes, thing is, I, I threw this in there before it happened. <laughs> Mahomes ceiling going forward is more scary, or Arthur Smith being the Steelers' offensive coordinator. Hey, look, man, Mahomes might be the goat. But anything that Arthur Smith touches scares the shit out of me. It's definitely Arthur Smith as your OC. First of all, you guys got two wide receivers already that complain when they don't get a million passes thrown their way in a game. And we already know how Arthur Smith operates. Like, Darnell Washington and who's the other tight end? Hayward, the backup tight ends. Friar Hayward. You got Friar Booth. He's starting. He's not getting the ball. It's it's Darnell Washington and, and the backup tight end Hayward. They gonna combine for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game, and all the players are gonna be mad. We've seen this happen in Atlanta for two, two, three years. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't think he's Matt Canada bad, but I don't know if he makes you guys take this great offensive leap that we like. There ain't no Derrick Henry on the Steelers to cover up his play calling, so that scares me more because I've seen what it can do to a team. Well, listen, if this isn't the ceiling for Mahomes. Man, then the whole league should be really scared. So I'm going to say what's more scary, the the ceiling going forward for Mahomes. Because if there's anything above the ceiling that he's at right now or the level he's playing at right now, yo, that is way more scary than anything. Plus, you just said it. We just came off of, what, two, three seasons of Matt Canada. It, trust me, it can't get any worse Arthur at this Smith point. somewhere to hold no, my beer. No, show but, no but the difference is he will just run the ball. He will just run the ball and figure out a way for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren to get their yards. And at least we'll move the ball on the ground. I mean, you got to give Arthur Smith some credit on that. Come on. No, I don't. All right. So we're going to bring back a segment we haven't done in a while. Uh, Love it, like it, trash it. Pretty self-explanatory. We're going to read some coaching hires, coaching moves, and we're going to tell you if we like it, love it, or we hate it, which is obviously trash it. So first one on the board uh, the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris as head coach and Zach Robinson as the OC from the Rams. Like it, love it, or trash it. Are we saying for the team or for these individuals? For the team. Guys? Okay. Well, for the team, the ones that got hired. For, okay. the, for the other ones, we're going to say okay. in, like, I got for you. them. I got you. So 
for Atlanta, yeah, I love it. You bring in Raheem Morris, right, which I think Atlanta did a good job rebuilding some of that defense during last offseason. So now you bring in the defense, a guy who's still pretty young, knows that division, which I like for, for Atlanta, that Raheem Morris knows that division. And then he makes the smart move. I mean, this is part of being a good coach. you got to surround yourself with a Connection. good staff. <laughs> Connections, yes, as our guy Mike Wallace says. So Zach Robinson as OC, Zach Robinson has been with my guy Sean McVay. It, it's bound to work. And Raheem Morris coming from, you know, the Rams as well where Zach Robinson was, this is bound to work. Great hire by the Falcons. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I love it. They get a coach with experience. He's been a head coach before. He's got a 10-win season on his resume. And he's been at division, like you said, coach the Bucks. And Robinson is a great play caller. He's in that, like you said, McVay-Shanahan tree. Like, this is exactly what Atlanta needed. Like, this could be the next Detroit Lions if they get the right quarterback hire with these new coaches. Uh, next one, Dave Canales, your boy. My as guy. The coach of the Carolina Panthers. When I said his name on the episode where we were talking about potential hires, everyone was like, after the show, who's that guy? Listen. Bro, nobody you gotta, said that. You got to listen to our show. We give you the info before it happens. Where did I say Canales was going? Did I predict Carolina? I can't remember. I mean, probably. I, it may have been because I love this hire for Carolina. Dave, Dave Canales was with the Seahawks, right? He's the guy that helped Geno. Goes to BOC in Tampa, makes Baker Mayfield look awesome again. All right. And now he gets to go to Carolina to be to work with Bryce Young, the number one overall pick from last year. So listen, you as Carolina, you needed to bring in a guy for Bryce Young. I'm sorry, you could not have brought in a, a defensive coordinator, right? Or even a guy that had experience as a defensive coordinator as the head coach. You needed to bring in an offensive guy that can work with quarterbacks, not just an offensive coordinator, but an offensive coordinator that has had success with quarterbacks. Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield. Hey, you got to love this hire if you're a Carolina fan. Our guy, Mike Regina, love the hire. He's endorsed by the Don. I'm going to go slightly below. I like it. No, I'm joking. I love it, of course. For everything you said, man, like, come on. He got comeback player of the year type seasons out of Geno Smith and Baker Bayfield. Like, these are dudes that we thought should have been on the street before this guy coached him. And now he goes to Carolina, and like you said, Bryce Young, he's there to fix him. If he fixes Bryce Young, he just might be God. So I love this move by the Panthers. They couldn't have done any better. Now let's talk about the guy, Bobby Slowick, staying in Houston as the offensive coordinator. Love it, like it, or trash it. Man, at first, JT, I wasn't sure, but now I'm like, I love it for him because, listen, he gets to run it back with a young bunch of guys. When you're quarterback C.J. Stroud, why are you in a hurry to go anywhere? Because, listen, at the end of the day, it's all on the head coach, the pressure at this point. D'Amico Ryans has set that bar high for himself. And so Houston expects the win now. Bobby Slow, it's like, hey, I get to be a, at an organization that now the expectation is to win. And I've got a young quarterback that he may have been the steal of the draft. And he has all these young pieces. I mean, he's got hopefully Tank Dell can come back 100%. Right? He's got other pieces in there. 
Bro, how are you just going to skip past Nico Collins? That's the best I didn't, weapon they I didn't got. Finish it. I didn't finish yet. Obviously, sorry. Obviously, the guys, Nico Collins, you still have guys like Noah Brown in there. Like, this is a really nice receiving core, and he's done a great job of developing that offense. So don't be in a rush just yet. Don't be in a rush just yet. Don't rush to get old, as the old man says. <laughs> I, I, I like what I'm seeing this offseason, man. These offensive coordinators are like, look, man, we want to stay put for 30 years like like Tom Moore or somebody. Like, we ain't going nowhere. Um, that's a good That's a good reference. Way to go, man. I'm Peyton just Manning. saying, man. Hey, hey, Peyton hey, Manning I, loves I, the I, guy. I, I do think this is the new wave in the NFL, and I was talking with somebody about this the other day. I think, especially offensive guys, I think if they're in situations like Slowick, and we're going to talk about Ben Johnson next, I think when they're in situations where they got chances to win, I think they're going to stay in those because – the hype is never going to go away. Think about it. As long as Sloak is tied to CJ Stroud and Stroud's going to play well, like where is the hype going to go for Slowick as a coaching candidate? Like they're always going to want him as long as CJ Stroud plays well. So he can stay and wait for a good job to open. I think these guys are tired of taking these jobs that are not good and it's burning their opportunity to be a coach again. Like you only get so many opportunities at this. Like, Arthur Smith is a guy everybody was like, oh, look what he did in Tennessee. It was so great. He went to Atlanta. He's going to be the Ron Rivera of OCs for the rest of his career. Like, ain't nobody hiring him again. Look, look he, don't, he don't got a New England Patriots to go back to and rebuild his brand because they not, they win it because of not anything he's doing. Like, so many guys get ruined by taking bad jobs. Look how long it took Raheem Morris to get another shot. Yeah, Exactly. I'm surprised he did get another one, but yeah. I will say this for Slowick, I like it, and it's for exactly what I said. His legacy and hype as an offensive guy goes through the roof as C.J. Stroud gets better. So it's a win-win for him. Like, wait for the job, open it up. Andy Reid going to retire at some point, and everybody want to be available for that Kansas City job because it ain't going <laughs> to Matt Nagy. That's all I'm saying. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys maybe hold off extra year to see if Andy kicks the bucket as a coach and maybe rides off into the sunset, but I like it. Uh, last one. Love it, like it, trash it. Ben Johnson staying in Detroit as their OC. Trash it. Trash it. Listen, it's the second year in a row now that he's taking himself out of the running. So that starts to throw up red flags for me. Is he not interviewing well in guys and he knows they're not hiring him? Or is it true, even though his agent denied it, that he's demanding $15 million a year to be a head coach? Like, who do you think you are? Belichick and Mike Tomlin aren't getting those amounts. Bro, that's Nick like, Saban money. <laughs> that's that's not even Nick. Nick Saban was only making that through all the endorsements. Bro, I mean, no, the only person that gets paid like that is a, a fool that would pay Matt Rule. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, agree, I, agree, I agree with you. I'm going to trash it, but... I heard a report. I don't know how true this is, but I read it a couple times that basically the commanders were coming to interview him. And he just told him he's, he's taking his name out of the running. So immediately when I saw that, you know what I thought about? This guy could be the next Josh McDaniels and maybe he not head coaching material. Right. Like yeah. I agree with you the two years, but Detroit is a good situation. So I could see him staying waiting for the right job. Well, that's what he says that. So yeah, I, I, we, we have I'm, to believe we have I'm, to believe you, him. You Joking. I think I think some of this is kind of tied to Andy Reid because are we so sure if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl that Andy Reid ain't gonna retire? Like, are we so sure that's gonna happen? Like, he's gonna retire at some point. 
it could sneak up on us like the Nick Saban retirement. That's what I'm You're saying. Right. Like That's he could point. retire, and all of a sudden the Chiefs, everybody and their mama is throwing their hats in the ring to be a head coach of that job. So you gotta yeah. be available. I would, I would be pissed if I just signed this six year deal with the Commanders only for Andy Reid to retire three weeks later, and I could have been ahead the top candidate to to interview to coach Mahomes for the rest of my career. So I do think that's a part of it. But the way he did it, it gives me Josh McDaniels vibes. And it seems like you said, I I think the money is a part of it. I think the control is a part of it. And for that reason, I trash it. Just It's just giving me the wrong vibe. Like being a head coach is a hell of opportunity. You got to take them when you get them. If you don't want to understand, but all this other stuff, I've never seen this before from first time head coaches. So, you know, JT, you mentioned something, and I think that, you know, you finally bring up a great point. Like, this is amazing by you. I can't believe it. The whole Andy Reid, if they win, does he retire? I, I think that I didn't think about that. That is a great point by you. I think we need to really come up with that quote for you, put it on social media, and it's quoted by JT of. JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. I'm, I'm just Let's saying. Let's go viral with that. Go viral. That. That's a great how many, point. I'm dead how many, jo- how many jobs can are going to open up where but no, you I, have that kind of that no, no, kind of no. scenario? I think you're right about the whole Andy Reid thing. You're not hearing anything like that. Just like you didn't hear anything about Nick Saban. That's the point I'm making. Well, Forget we about who comes daughter, in. But we didn't I, believe it. I, I think you might be right with the whole Andy Reid thing because he might look at it and say, how many more times can we realistically go back year in and year out? Let me go out on top with three and, rings because and, the and, three rings, but three rings is look at it like what else do I have left to prove if I win the Super Bowl? Right, three rings is the standard. Like two is nice. That puts you in with Shula, and it puts you in with like uh, I think, two gets uh, you a restaurant chain. It, three gets Tom, you in Tom, Tom Landry, Mike Shanahan, but you know three puts you in with like Joe Gibbs, and then that next tier with with Bill Walsh, and then that next tier under Chuck Knoll. In everybody, so uh, that's a great point, buddy. Um, before we move on on Wednesday, it looks like that uh, Mike McDonald hired as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Mike McDonald, defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. JT, I'm going to steal your segment. Love it, like it, or trash it by Seattle. Trash it. It's a defensive guy. Like this team is built. To have an explosive offense. If that's the case, they should have just kept Pete Carroll, who secretly was throwing his name in for the Chargers job that Harbaugh got. But I I, I, I get you kind of had to make the move because their top two candidates were like, nah, we're going to stay in Slowick and, and Ben Johnson. So I guess you had to hire somebody. But, bro, like Seattle is ready to be competitive now on offense. Like, you got to get somebody that's going to make Geno play better or whatever quarterback you draft to replace him. Like, yeah, the Ravens defense was awesome, but I got to see who the coordinators are he's bringing in. But my initial is I'm going to trash it. So my my initial thought is I like it. I don't love it, but I'm not going to trash it. I like it because if you look at what Mike McDonald has done the last couple spots, Michigan and then Baltimore, <laughs> I mean, Baltimore won the triple crown of defense this year. Yeah, that's insane. So, so that is crazy to me, and I didn't think he could do it. Because, you know, sometimes you go from college to the pros, it's a whole different beast. And you know what? He looks even better than when he was at Michigan. And usually at Michigan, he had way more talent than the next team. So 
the fact that he could take this Baltimore defense, turn him into the triple crown winner of defenses in the NFL, literally in what, a year, year and a half, whatever it is that he's been there, then I got to believe like this guy has something and Seattle's going to, they're always going to go opposite of what the trend is. It seems yeah. like. So that, that division's exactly. offense, McVay, Shanahan, Kyler Murray with Arizona. So they say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build it like we did in the early 2000, the 2010s. We're going to go defense and we're going to go get our guy. So that is why I like it. Not sure if I love it because, Maybe they could have swayed Bobby Slowick with a little bit more money. I mean, I mean if, you, but, if, if but Pete Carroll's retired, like pay Ben hire. Johnson the damn money. <laughs> I like I like that hire. I do. Good job by Seattle, I think. All right. Everyone's favorite segment, forget about it or forgazy. We will read a statement. All right. If we agree with it, it's a hot take. We'll say forget about it. If we disagree with it, we think it's a bad take. We will say forgazy. JT, ready? Mm-hmm. All right. The NBA's injury reporting is ruining the league's ability to increase popular popularity. Oh, forget about it because because we don't have consistent injury reporting, people can't bet on the games consistently <laughs> and we know the gateway to any sports popularity at least in America is betting. Like I can't imagine how hard it is to bet on NBA games. NBA NBA betting is so hard that have you you've heard of the app Prize Picks, right? I have I have not look at you knowing something. No, but I, I hear I hear I see it all. Oh, the time, you hear? Okay. okay. But basically, but basically, they will void like your bet if like NBA guys like don't play or they don't come back in a game because they know the injury reporting and how they handle injuries in the NBA is so fickle. Like it's it's got to change or the popularity of the sport will not grow. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna say for Gazy because. I just think it's more about the actual load management part. I think people can live with, and, and I'm impressed that you finally come around on. Hey, no, all these, no, all these no. sports. I didn't say I didn't say I used it. All, I know. No, what no, it no, is. no. I know. I'm just saying I'm impressed by you that you finally come around to realize, like, hey, sports betting really runs the show here, bro. I but, I, I know degeneracy runs sports popularity. I never so, said that wasn't the case. I'm gonna say for Gazy because I think it's the load management portion of it that at this point I don't care what the injury report says. If I'm, for example. In Washington, in the Washington, D.C. studios, the Wizards are a terrible team. If they were good, I would go. They're a terrible team. So the next thing would be, all right, who's coming to town that we can watch? At this point, I don't trust it because two hours before, it could all of a sudden be load management. Two days before load management. Like, I'm not taking that risk. Ten minutes before load management. I'm not taking that risk. So load management really has, has done this. And the NBA, I think, has done a good job of trying to get out of that, but they've got to start to change that narrative that, hey, I load management. I, I think they've done a bad job because the issue isn't the load management. The issue is there's too many games, and they well, refuse. On. I think there's too many games, and they refuse to eliminate back-to-backs, which if you look at the analytics, tell you That's, that back-to-backs are the worst thing you could do for players I, in the NBA. Like Draymond just that. said it. Like they These new rules trying to avoid load management – basically got the MVP of our league hurt where guys are going out there and trying to play through it because they got all these rules now where they have to play a certain amount of games to qualify for awards and they can't tank. What's going to happen is you're going to have guys play a game and then they're going to start them the next game. It's a back-to-back play them 10 minutes and then they're going to sit out. Like that's, what's going to happen. Like the NBA, we don't need 82 games. The regular season is already irrelevant. We don't need 82. 
That's what scale it down and get rid of back to backs, and this will be fixed. JT, that will never go down because that takes money out of the owner's pockets less than 82. Sorry, buddy. That's the way it is. All right, next. next No, I'm going to go. I got them all. Relax. Take a seat. The Heat should part ways with Jimmy Butler. Bro, I I asked this question the other day on social media. They were frying anybody that said they agreed with this. I'm going to agree with this. Forget about it. The window to win a championship with him as a driving force is over. Like, I thought it was over two years ago. and He had, like, a little juice left. But our team is not a championship contender. He's older. He can't carry us through every series like he once did. Like, look at the Boston series last year. Like, we were up, and because Jimmy Butler wasn't Jimmy Butler, it allowed that series to go seven games. And then we know what happened in the championship against Denver. Like, those days of Jimmy Butler putting up 30, 10, and 10 and just carrying us with these ridiculous series are over. Like, Bam ain't stepping up to be the number one. Tyler Hero's not doing it. I love Scary Terry, but he's not going to be that guy either. Like, it might be time to find out what this team's going to be post-Jimmy Butler before we can't get anything for him. It's Fugazi. The guy's still averaging 21 points with five rebounds and 4.3 assists. Gets averages over a steal a game. He's only 34 still. I know he has a lot of mileage on, on, on the legs, but he's only 34 you realistically think you can get a first round pick? I'm not sure. The Heat. Bro, you can get well, a first round pick for anybody in the they, NBA. They, they, people want, they want a first round pick for Clint Capella. You can get a first round pick for anybody in the league. The, the Heat are in seventh place. And you know one thing about Pat Riley he runs that organization like the Steelers. There is no rebuilding years, there's no rebuilding, there's no playing for the future. It's all about now and winning now. He's not going anywhere. He really isn't. So you got to figure it out. Keep mortgaging the future to bring in pieces now to win because he's not going anywhere. It's for gazing. All right. Brock Purdy will be an MVP. Are you saying are, are you saying like an NFL MVP of the regular season at some yeah, point? In the future, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think it's forget you, about it. Okay. Ooh. Forget about it. I mean, wow. at, as long as he's a, a 49er, absolutely, because Shanahan and Lynch aren't going anywhere, and that scheme fits Brock Purdy very well, and he'll always put up numbers. So I think it's forget about it. I'm going to say Fugazi. I, I just think at some point, as McCaffrey gets older, Kittle, if you don't replace him as tight end, we see Debo already getting banged up. Sometimes you and I question Kyle Shanahan, which he could change in about a week and a half or a week. We talk, but that's the playoffs. We ain't talking about that. We just no. But what I'm saying is, Kyle Shanahan, you keep having these failures. If Nick Sirianni's on the hot seat, listen, Kyle Shanahan will never be on the hot seat. The fact that they went through that situation when he first got there, where they weren't winning, but people were just excited the way they were playing, bro. He's taking up his two Super Bowls. Yeah, but he he had he had a young team. He had a lot of young pieces. They're starting to break down. Listen. All I'm saying is Brock Purdy, he's got to get rid of the narrative that he's just part of the system. He's going to have say this. to have – I will change, hold my, on, hold I will on, change hold on. my answer. Hold on. Let me just finish, and then you can change your answer. He's going to have to have one of those Tom Brady-type years where he throws over 40 touchdowns, and they're the it. number one seed. You can All do right. it. I will say this. You make a great point because I, I thought about that when I was giving my answer about the weapons around him. I will say this. This has a shelf life on it. I say two years. If he can keep this up for the next two years, he might have a chance because once those guys – and they're old. Like, Trent Williams is another one. Like, he old as hell. Like, he eventually not going to be there. And what's going to happen is 
They're going to have this success and they're going to have to pay Brock Purdy and they're going to have to pay him sooner than a normal rookie quarterback that's good would because he don't have the fifth year option. Correct. So at some point he going to get the $250 million and you can't pay CMC. You can't pay Debo. You can't pay all these other guys. So I agree with you. It is forget about it. If it's in this window that they have right now, outside of that, I don't know, because if he ain't throwing to those guys and Williams ain't blocking for him, like, is he Nick Mullins? Ooh, let's not go there. All right. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end of all time if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl. Yo, I'm not going to lie. And we had this debate, and then you took Tony Gonzalez. I took Gronk. Like, I think Gronk is still the standard, and that's what's standing between Kelsey and greatness. But I got to say, forget about it, man, because if he wins, he'll be tied with Gronk and Shannon Sharp at three. And I think only one other guy has four Super Bowl wins as a tight end. But – He's already second behind Grock, and the stats are close in Super Bowl receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Like, it's only him and Grock up there. And I have to say this. Like, if he does, I think the wins, the stats, the longevity of his career, now he's got this whole Taylor Swift thing. Like, this is, like, rock star status. I think he does become the best tight end of all time if he wins this Super Bowl. We were both wrong doesn't matter if they win or not. He is the best tight end of all time. It's him. So it, it's him. JT, listen to this stat. It, and I probably should have had this stat when we did that show originally. He's had up until this year, he ended up like 32 yards or 16 yards short of a thousand this year. That's because he didn't play in the first game or the last game. He's had up until this year, seven straight 1000 yard receiving seasons as a tight end the the next closest is three in a row or actually three total i think i don't know it's crazy greg olson greg olson that's crazy i mean he's had seven straight 1000 yards i mean there's some of the all-time great receivers that have never done that let alone and he he did that playing alongside tyree kill who's all pro receiver yep and i don't think all seven years were with Mahomes either so let's I think one. I think one wasn't with him. Okay, so, but still, Alex Smith. One year. <laughs> Actually, Mahomes has been around six years. Been, this is year six seven. Years. All right, so he did six of the seven. Okay, so still. All right, next one. The Ravens will never win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Are you thinking about this? You had you had like couple days to answer this question i don't want to do this shit um it's forget about it and it's not because of him i think lamar jackson has shown me this as long as he's their quarterback baltimore feels like they can win with doing the bare minimum and we talk about it all the time if as long as he's there Harbaugh's not going anywhere they're not going to build the offense to give him all these weapons for a super bowl run and it's hard to do that now because they just paid him the bag so not because of him as a player, but I think because how Baltimore does business when he's on that team is why I think they won't win a Super Bowl with him. So I'm going to say Fugazi because you act like – and, and listen, we're not going to get into it, but you act like this organization and Harbaugh are just terrible. And it's like, JT, they've had two Super Bowl wins in the past 20-some years. They know, how to, they know how to build defense. 
I understand that. Ozzy Newsome. Oh, oh no, 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 no. So I, I, I know, I know. So you got glasses si- on, so you can see. You're not just gonna slide past the fact that they lost one of the best GMs in NFL I under- history. I understand that. I'm not denying that. But let me finish my point. They just went this past draft, brought in a guy like Kyle Hamilton. They had Mike McDonald come in, turn this defense around. So you're acting like they never go and try to make changes. Like, yes, do they need to add they more don't, pieces? They don't go out. You know, you know what they do? They they are they are good in everything else except for giving Lamar what he needs. They don't they don't want to bring in the running backs that he needs. They don't want to go get the receivers. Like their whole goal was, hey, we're gonna pay Odell Beckham fifteen million dollars. Like, how did that work out? Not at all. They got lucky with Zay Flowers, but they could have went and got any one of these receivers. They could have spent a first round pick on some receivers that are good years ago. They could have went and got any one of these receivers in free agency, but they refuse to do it because they know at the end of the day, they know, Hey, Lamar can do it all for us. And sometimes when you got somebody that can do it all, that becomes a curse. Like you don't feel like you have to work as hard on that side of the ball. You you can't change my mind. I'm convinced. That's fine. I I was just giving my point and you came in and, and like, intercepted me for no reason. I was trying to make my point. So not as bad as you are in flag football. (laughs) But I can can listen further than five yards. The the question is the Ravens will never win one with them. They they definitely can and they probably will because you look at their history, it just takes Lamar turning it around. Listen, he had a he he didn't have a great game. He didn't have a bad game, but he has nothing to do with him. I I, I, want to be wrong. Hold on. It, it partly does, man, because look at that Flacco run. That defense, yeah, it was good. What you mean it was, it was good? They had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs see, on is, a meter. This is our Hall is, of Fame players. This, this is why I can't talk to you when it comes to Baltimore and everything. You just so you are more emotional with them than your own team. Because like, my team sucks. I don't know what go. to expect see? from them. See, you don't even care about your team. Get I emotional do care about, the about them. Get emotional I do, about I them. do care about you. I, you, you oh, I can happy. be emotional. You I can be emotional, they, but when I do, you call me a hater. I, we can talk about two if you want to. I always have honest opinions about my Dolphins. All right, let's finish with this. Taylor Swift is the reason the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Damn, I would hate to say that, it, that you know, the NFL would never take an opportunity to miss out on a, on a gold mine. But that would mean I would have to subscribe to the whole sports as a rig theory. And I'm not ready to do that yet. And plus, I don't want my wife. I don't, I don't want her coming for me talking bad about Taylor Swift. That's not allowed. Um, wow. OK, that's good to know. Good yeah. to know. I'll say it to her. I'll say it to her, but I can't say it out loud to y'all. <laughs> well, you just um, kind of you just kind of did in a way. But OK. But I'm so, not going to. I, I I think it's for Gazy. I mean, I mean, it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes. Like this is what the Chiefs do. The Chiefs were going the AFC Championship games and winning big games with this trio of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Andy Reid way before you know he went on a date with Taylor Swift. So it's not like if anything they, they, she she tanked their ceiling because she got with him and he played worse. So I, I gotta I can't say that, but. I mean, there are people out there saying that, you know, the NFL was not going to miss the opportunity to have, you know, this, this scenario. But I'm going to say it's Fugazi. The Chiefs are just – Mahomes is just that good. I'm surprised you went with that. I, I'm going to go Fugazi as well because you're – JT's more of the uh, conspiracy theorist of the two of us. But 
I do wonder sometimes, like, man, you start to wonder sometimes, like, what is going on in some of these? There's too many storylines that add you up. Want a, you want, hold on, you want a conspiracy theory? And this I can get with because it's been proven true. So, you know, like, that, like, each Super Bowl has like the logo that they put out for that Super oh, Bowl. Here, it's got the color thing with the colors. It here was right. It was right. Right. Every year, right up until people started putting that shit on the internet. And it feels like now nah, we got a bait and switch. Let's <laughs> cause, cause you know, you know what the colors were this year, right? I'm guessing red and white. I don't know. No, it was going to be red and it was red and purple. So that, so that, that looked like it was going to happen until the last couple of weeks. People started saying like, Hey, like I don't believe sports are rigged, but they're just showing all this evidence, and the NFL's like, nah, they're on, they're on our trail. We got to throw this shit off. And plus, it's a win-win. Taylor Swift's gonna be at the Super Bowl. NFL could never get her to the Super Bowl, and now, like, they got her to come. So I do, I do believe there could be some truth to that because last year it matched up. It was the Eagles and the Chiefs. The year before it matched up. I mean, so they made, so they they made a call to Todd Munkin and said, hey, you got to throw the ball thirty-seven times. You got to make sure they like they like look that. man look man if Lamar if Lamar hits this over on his rushing you fired and you'll never <laughs> coach again I'm 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 serious man I don't know how it works all the way down but like hey everything can't be a coincidence it's I don't know man but I, I'm gonna go for Gazy that that is not she is not the reason they're in the Super Bowl so she almost thinks right. they didn't go because we need Tra- Travis Kelsey didn't get that thousand yards they needed that this year so. Before we close out, real quick, useless sport stat of the day per Opta Stats, JT, Purdy's performance. All right. He became the first NFL quarterback in the last 30 years, whether regular season or postseason, to record this stat line in the single in a single half. Throw for 150 plus yards, rush for 45 plus yards, complete 80% of his passes, average 10 plus yards per carry. And not one turnover in that half. That's a pretty good stat line for it's one. It's amazing half. what it's brought pretty. We will find every stat in the book to talk about. <laughs> He's the first player in NFL history in the on last a Tuesday, minute and 50 seconds a, of a game on, on a Monday night in the second <laughs> doubleheader. When it's raining over the oh my god, who cares? <laughs> they won. Get over it. All right, so. Thanks to the fans and listeners, as always, for listening. JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe to us. We can be found on all of the major platforms where you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. Make sure to subscribe to them on YouTube as well as remember to follow us, our handle JT and the Dawn on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, X, Facebook, and TikTok. All right, JT. Great episode, man. A lot of fun. I won yet again. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.